you for choosing to listen to this message. Prepare to be transformed by God's undiluted word. Let's now go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, I'll read from verse 5. And I, and I, I think you're going, to, you're going to understand this if I read it from the NIV. I'll read from the New International Version from verse 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. We're going to read now. So if you have been sleeping, please wake up. Let's read this together. Everybody there? Is this too intense? You can understand it. You can understand what I'm talking about. It says in verse 5, Romans 8 verse 5. It says, those who live according to the flesh. Remember what we're talking about? That is your spirit, your soul, your body. There are those people who live according to the flesh. We're talking about carnal persons there. For those who live according to the flesh, have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Do you see it? That's that, that, that soul in the middle is being controlled by the flesh. It says those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Verse 5 really helps you to understand what I was trying to explain a few minutes ago. Verse 6, it says, the mind that is governed by the flesh is death. But the mind that is governed by the spirit is life and peace. And every child of God will find themselves on one side or the other of verse 6. Remember when I said that the mind, the soul, that's the control center really at the end of the day. Because the Bible is saying here, there is the mind, there is the flesh, there is the spirit. It says when the mind is governed by the flesh, that's death. It says but when the mind is governed by the spirit, that's life and peace. It goes on in verse 7, the mind that is governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. <laughs> it says in verse 8, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. It says you, however, you are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the spirit. That's the whole idea of everything I've done to talk to you on it. To make you say, God said you are not in the flesh. God said the place for you as a child of God to operate is not on the carnal, physical level. He says in verse 9, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God does what? Lives in you. Remember what I said? That you cannot take the, the recreated human spirit. You can't refer to it in isolation. He says, if indeed the spirit of Christ dwells in you. He says now at the end of verse 9, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ. This is clear, isn't it? They do not belong to Christ. Actually, there should be no such thing as a carnal Christian. Because if you gave your life to Jesus... The Holy Spirit dwells. There is nobody that is a Christian that the Holy Spirit does not come to dwell. There is no independent reference to your saved soul, to your, to your spirit, your recreated spirit. It's together with the Holy Ghost. Together. How? This is where it becomes painful when we then see Christians who then, by choice, remember our construct again, your spirit empowered by the Holy Ghost, 
your soul in the middle, your flesh, your contact with this world. It is a shame, therefore, when a child of God then chooses to say, yeah, this is where I am, but I will allow this flesh to dominate and rule my mind. And then I live as a carnal Christian. I live, all my mind is on things of this world. My, my measure of what is big and what is good is all driven by what is here. I behave like an animal. So Paul came and said to them, as far as the things of the spirit, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, I want you to cast your mind to this scripture in Galatians 5, where the Bible says, for example, it says, walk in the spirit. And you will not what? Now, let's, look, let's think about that scripture in view of everywhere you go now, you'll be seeing, you'll be seeing three fingers. You'll just be seeing it in your dream. Everywhere you'll be seeing, that's what you'll be seeing. Let's think about Galatians 5, 16 in light of that. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of, do you see it now? He's saying, bind these two together. Let your soul, let your mind be controlled by the spirit. No matter what lust is in the flesh, you won't fulfill it. So we, we lost that and we began to think the way to make people not live in sin is to give them rules. You must not do this. You must not do that. You must, not, you must do this. You must do that. Yeah. And we, we, we lost it completely. No, the way to make sure that the Christian does not fulfill the lust of the flesh is let these two be together. Let me go and read that scripture to us. Galatians 5 verse 16. Everybody put your eyes there. Put your eyes there. Let, let's see it. Galatians 5 verse 16. It says, this I say then. Walk in the spirit. Somebody says, which spirit? Uh, Holy spirit or human spirit? Both of them together. He says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lost. Let me read this to you from the ERV. Galatians 5, 16. I love the way he puts it there. He says, so I tell you, live the way the spirit leads you. Then you will not do the evil things your sinful self wants. I don't think we'll ever get to a place where the flesh stops to be the flesh. But where we get to is where the spirit and the soul together, your inner man, dominates the flesh. Can I get an amen from somebody in the house this morning? Let me now, let me go back again and read. In the construct of man that we have been thinking about, praying in tongues a lot makes the human spirit come into ascendancy. What do I mean by that? In that construct, a, if, you, if you read in scriptures like Romans 7, you will see where Paul describes that battle that is going on there. And I'm saying to us this morning, the way to make sure that when that battle begins to rage, that your spirit always wins, pray in tongues a lot. When you pray in tongues a lot, the human spirit will always come into ascendancy. A lot. That's one of the things the Lord is pulling me personally into, even a lot more. Praying tongues a lot, praying the spirit a lot, praying the spirit a lot, just praying the spirit, just praying the spirit. If you have any spare time, I'm encouraging us as members of this church, you have any spare time, praying the spirit. Praying the spirit, something is working inside you. You are becoming, you are, you are, you are, you are sealing this. Your soul, is, your, your inner man is coming together. The flesh is becoming more and more isolated. More and more isolated. Praying the spirit a lot. At the end of this year, we'll finish the, the class that we're doing right now, the discipleship class, I think in about three or four weeks. And then we'll have the last four or five weeks of the year 
um, where we were, we're going to be using the slot of our discipleship classes, just praying in the spirit. Just praying in the spirit. I, don't, I, I wouldn't even mind if we come one day and we just pray and we just pray and we just enter the service time and we just pray and we just pray and we then don't have service and we just go home. Somebody says, hey, how can you go to church and you don't preach? Switch on the radio. But we will come to church and we'll pray. We'll just pray. We'll just pray. Because I find that in the construct of man, praying in tongues a lot will make the human spirit. Remember, your spirit is like God. Your spirit can walk where God walks. Your spirit can understand God talk. God talk. If they are talking in heaven, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are speaking every language. Your spirit can pick it up. That's why the Bible says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Searching the inward parts of his belly. The spirit of man, my friends. That's where life is. So when you pray in tongues a lot, your spirit inside you comes into ascendancy. You are a spiritual person. You're not a spiritual person because you can maybe um, prophesy or you are somebody who sees visions and say, oh, that, that woman, that's a spiritual woman. Uh, okay. A spiritual person is this person where the, the spirit on the inside is, is the ruler in this construct of the man. What are the consequences of a carnal man? Remember, I'm talking about carnality. To be carnal is when, you are, when, when your soul is flesh ruled. Consequences of a carnal life, and then I'll begin to wrap this up, is one, if you are a carnal Christian, which is actually a shame. Sometimes there's a carnal Christian, flesh minded Christian. Sometimes there's a carnal church, a church that is flesh-minded. The things that matter to the, to the culture of the church are carnal things. The consequences of a carnal man is a Christian can then be saved but still be living in sin. A Christian can then be saved and still live a life of sin. What a shame. What a shame, really. <laughs> Oh, what is the, the, the enormous nature of what is available to us in the realm of the spirit. And we sell it on the, on the, on to, to, in, in exchange for sin. That's the result of a carnal life when the flesh begins to rule the soul. Consequences of a carnal man is he, he cannot see the workings of Satan. Satan is walking. Satan is stealing. What the Bible calls the, the, the wiles of the devil. <laughs> He says, you watch out. He says, the, 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 this cunning craftiness of Satan. People think that uh, if the devil is going to attack you, he will come, he will put on a red suit, he will carry a red cane in his hand, and then he will say, hey, ta-da, devil has come. No. Cunning craftiness, the Bible calls it. But because we walk where God walks, we can hear what they are saying in heaven. We recognize the doings of Satan. Another one of those consequences of a carnal man is he cannot see the workings of the Holy Spirit. As a church, God will begin to trust us with his presence. And if we're not carnal people, we, are, we will be people that can recognize the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we can recognize there was a moment in our worship this morning where, oh, I knew that he walked in. And I just found myself, I, I, some of you may not understand this, but I, I just began to speak in Yoruba in my worship there this morning. I don't normally do that. I'm not a Yoruba-headed person. But I just, in that moment, I knew that he walked in. 
And I just began to say, Kabo, Mawule, Marora. Before I knew what was happening, I was on my knees. Kabo, Mawule, Marora. Can you explain that to anybody? Except where the spirit of man knows the steps of God. May God help us as a church, as a body, that we get to that place. Like Paul was talking about. He said, when it comes to spiritual things, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. He said, you should not be without teaching. Let's have this mindset that everything we see in the physical here is controlled from a realm there. He says, God will speak to the heavens. The heavens will speak to the earth. The angels will hear an announcement that says, hey, God is coming. And then we are people who are ready to receive that as well. May God find you and I ready in the name of Jesus. Now I promise I'll go back to Romans 12. I haven't taken this journey we've taken. Let's now make a couple of points in Romans 12. Just the first three verses of Romans 12. And then I'll close. Romans chapter 12. Do you understand me this morning? Three things we see. Number one, remember that scripture we read, 1 Corinthians 12. I'll say to us from there, we must not, and this is a summary of everything I've been saying, we must not be unaware of the spirituals. It says, let's go back there and read it again. Verse 1, 1 Corinthians 12. From the Bible in basic English. But about the things of the Spirit, my brothers, it is not right for you to be without teaching. I want you to begin to see yourself properly. The way to see yourself properly is this you are a spirit existing in a physical world, you are a spirit. Sent here to dominate a physical world. What a shame when that physical world now takes over. You're a spirit sent here. God said to Adam, He said, Be fruitful, multiply, have dominion. Number two. So, first one is the summary of everything. We must be, we must not be unaware of the spirituals. Number two is in verse three. Let's go back there. First Corinthians 12, verse three. I'll read that verse again. And I'll make this point to us. It says, wherefore, I give to you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. The first and most important work of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Christ to the church. The first and most important work of the Holy Spirit is to reveal. Nobody can say Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. The first and most important work of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus to the church. Let me read to us. When the Holy Spirit is at work in a church, He shines light in the face of Christ. 
Actually, if the Holy Spirit is not at work, say all of the time we spend worshiping God, we're singing, we'll just be doing our own entertainment. What actually happens in real worship is the Holy Spirit himself shines light on the face of Jesus. And you see Jesus. And if you see him, there is only one response you can have is to fall on your face and worship him. So the work of the Holy Spirit, look at this verse here. It says nobody that is speaking by the Spirit of God can cause Jesus accursed. It says, but there is nobody that can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. It is only possible to elevate, listen to this, it is only possible to elevate anything or anyone else when the Holy Spirit is not active. I don't know if you understand what I mean by that. Go to a church and anything or anyone is elevated. It's only possible because the Holy Spirit is not active. When the Holy Spirit is working, what he is always doing is shining light in the face of Jesus. Calling attention to Jesus the Christ. So if I'm able to make you come to church looking at me, the Holy Spirit is not working. If the Holy Spirit is working, even if I try to, you won't see me. <laughs> because the work that the Holy Spirit is doing is, is shining light on the face of Jesus. Number three, and I'll close on this one today. I read a couple of scriptures there. Look at verse 7, verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12. In the King James, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without. Everybody say with me, every man. Let me read that to you from the NIV. It says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good to each one. Bible in basic English, still in verse 7. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. But to every man, notice every man, some form of the Spirit's walking is given for the common good. Now, verses like this are on the assumption that what I have been talking about the whole day is in place. Everyone coming to church is in that place where they are not flesh-led, they are spirit-led. They are walking in the spirit. So when they then come, as we have come this morning, what you will now find is the Bible says, to every man, some form of the spirit's walking is given for the common good. We don't have it right. If anybody walks into a service like this with a human malady and goes back home still with no solution, no light, no light at the end of the tunnel to that malady, and we have all come together, we don't have it right. We don't have it right. Because the Bible says, when we come like this, every man, some form of the Spirit's walking, is being put in the place for common good of every one of us. My third point and final point, therefore, is this. In the latter-day church, everybody participates in the spirituals. Everybody. It's not just some, some apostle, some pastor, somewhere. Oh, we, this is our, this woman here, that's our prophetess in this church. Oh, anyhow, no, in the latter-day church, everybody participates in the spiritual. But the thing about it is this. If people, it, the Holy Spirit will use whoever opens up themselves. 
So if it is usually the same person that opens up themselves, it will keep on using. But that's not his intention. First Corinthians 14, let me read two final scriptures. And then I'll leave it. And then, since we just sit in his presence a little bit, please play on the instrument for me as we read these final scriptures this morning. Concerning the spirituals that were not ignorant. First Corinthians 14, 26. This is the picture of a New Testament church. The real picture of a New Testament church. Look at this. First Corinthians 14, 26. Then I'll read from Ephesians 5. And that will be it. He said, how is it then, brethren, when you come together, like we have come this morning? Do I have it up? Yeah. How is it then, brethren? Can you make everyone red or some nice color? Is that easy to do? Very good. Thank you. We'll be patient. How is it then, brethren, when you come together on the 16th of October, 2022, at Andreas Begerstrasse 13, everyone, somebody say with me, everyone, everyone. <laughs> Remember, in chapter 12, he had told them, I don't want anybody to be ignorant of the spirituals. By the time we get into chapter 14, he then said, everyone. Every one of you has a sound. Remember we said in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, that in some form, the Spirit is walking, using everybody. He said, every one of you has a sound. Everyone has a doctrine, a tongue, a revelation, an interpretation. But at the end of it all, everything is being done for the common good, for the edification of the body. This is a, this is, this is a, this is a Holy Ghost service when we come. <laughs> Ephesians 5, verse 18 and verse 19. Breathe on us, O God. That nobody is left behind in that lowly life in the flesh. <laughs> that nobody is left behind where there is no difference between man and beast. That every man begins to walk in the glory. The glory reserved just for man. <laughs> Ephesians 5 and verse 18. The Bible says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. It says, But be being filled with the Spirit. To let that be this, let it be this outflow. Remember I said your spirit walks where God walks. Let there be this flow, this constant flow from your spirit. It says you are filled with the spirit. Speaking in verse 19 to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Hey, singing and making melody in every heart to the Lord. Then we know we have been in the presence of the Lord. Where I hear people say, why didn't you come to church? Um, I was sick or I had this trouble. Whereas the church should be the place where, why are you coming to church? Because I was sick, because I had trouble. Because I know when I come to the house of the Lord, the Holy Spirit by some walking somewhere is going to come to my common good. And there's no way we come because we're all these spiritual people where heaven will not speak to the earth 
and the earth will speak to the circumstances in the lives of God's people. That's when we have church, my friends. But it needs, it needs every one of us to live this, this life on a higher level, a life in the spirit. Did you understand me this morning? Rise on your feet and let's sing that song that Pastor Buki was singing at the beginning. Let's just sing that. I don't even remember what it was, but let's just sing that. We'll just sing it. We'll just sing it quietly and then we're ready to go in a few minutes. Thank you for listening to this message. Please hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes. For questions, please send an email to pastormo at thestonechurchberlin.com. God bless you.